Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. Kurt is with Further Still Ministries, and we are doing this little show called Solid Steps Radio. It's a show for men by men. We talk about stuff from a guy's perspective. We have a lot of lady listeners, and that's great, but we wanted to talk to guys about what does it mean to be a guy and not just from the world of sports, politics, and weather. We can talk about that all day, and that's okay. There's a place for that, but this is a place to talk about things that go a little bit beyond that, the things for eternity. We exist as a show to be a tool in the toolbox for men that says, men, uh, there's more to life than what you see, and the most important things in your life and for eternity begins and ends with the person of Jesus Christ. And if you're not walking with him, you're not living out your full destiny. And so we wanted to tell the story that God's writing in men's lives and hear their voice. But we also wanted to hear from a perspective, what can really be interesting to men, whether it's work, whether it's being a husband, a father, a neighbor, just life in general. And so when we're taping this show today, we are coming out of uh, I'm using those words delicately because things could change in a, any day's notice, but we're coming out of this COVID 18 month window that everybody's had to be in together, whether they like it or not, whether they agree with it or not. So today we uh, are talking about what does it look like to come out of COVID and or a really tough season and how should we be living now and maybe what may be called a new normal? You know, Ch- Chad, it's really true. It is been a crazy how many months of going through COVID and, and then and then topped that with uh, racial tensions and political unrest and just um, so we we brought two doctors in here one's a medical doctor and one's a uh, yeah, uh, what he, kind of doctor yeah, well, am I? Kind of, I really yeah, was going to say. What doctor are you, Brad? <laughs> He's, everybody's asking that same question, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. Dr. Brad Shuck, you got your EDD, right? That's right, man. Yep, that's and right. you've been a uh, professor down at L for how long? Almost I'm 11 years. Oh, wow. 11 years, long time. Yeah. Nice. And then we got Dr. Jerry. Jerry, you've been down at L for? 34 years. 34 years. Means I'm three times better than Chuck. That's, That's right. <laughs> at least. Uh, Jerry, um, so you got, you're an MD. That's right. Uh, your title, what's your title at down at UofL? It's, a, it's like, I'm, it's like a sentence. It, it is a sentence. It's, <laughs> my title is currently, it's Associate Vice President for HSC Faculty Development. What, what that all means is, I oversee the four health science schools, so medicine, dentistry, nursing, and public health, in terms of developing faculty, better teachers, better leaders, better at career planning. That's my job. And you've been doing that for how long? Uh, That for two years. And you were doing uh, pediatrics. You were on the faculty with pediatrics for how long? Well, I'm still on the faculty. So I'm a pediatric infectious disease doctor. And so I've been doing that all the time. I still do it now. I just don't do it nearly as much as I used to. Yeah. And uh, for about a dozen years of my 34, I was chair of the Department of Pediatrics. And then for about three years after that, I was overseeing the medical school's uh, practice plan, which is all the doctors and nurse practitioners and the organization they practice under. And then two years ago, I transitioned to this job. That's it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, that's the past 15 years. I could go back and do the first... The first batch, but that's the last 15. Well, I, what I want to know is how in the world did you get here to L? I'm a New Orleans native. And um, when I graduated from my, my training, so it's medical school and three years pediatrics, three years infectious disease training. When I finished all of that, there were literally 10 jobs across the country available 
to pediatric infectious disease doctors. And there were 40 graduates of those programs. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> well, it turns out I was offered two of the 10 jobs. I had 20% of the country's jobs locked up. <laughs> How, can you imagine that? One here in Louisville. One in Louisville, one in New Orleans. Really? Yeah, and I decided New Orleans is home. I'd been there all my life, you know, through through uh, much of that training. And my wife's from New Orleans. All our family's there. No one ever leaves New Orleans. And so it was a big deal. Uh, but we went away to Denver for three years for the infectious disease part, got used to being away, and just decided we'd give it a shot. And I, I was inspired by a brand-new children's hospital and a, a new, you know, director of the pediatric department. And I really felt like, this was the right place to be for at least a few years and sort of see how it went. So here you are. Three, here I am. Three plus decades later. Yeah, it sort of worked. Didn't yeah, it? I think I think maybe <laughs> you might be staying here a while. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we talked earlier, and I, I want our listeners to hear a little bit of your faith journey. Sure. So you um, you grew up in church. Yeah. But um, you didn't have a personal relationship. No, I didn't understand that was part of the deal. Talk about that a little bit. So it was about a little over 20 years ago when I um, got an invitation to go to church, uh, to a church with, where Bob Russell was speaking. And boy, I tell you, after I heard him, I just thought, wow, I've not heard it explained this way before. And I think the biggest thing for me was it, the sermons made it relevant for Monday. Um, it wasn't just a Sunday thing and check the box and move on and I'm done. It was something I could use weekend, week out, day in, day out at home and at work. And he explained the gospel in a way that I just really hadn't heard before. You had heard the gospel. I had heard it, yes. But but I, it, it's like it never went in the right way. And I, I understood the difference then between a relationship and religion and, and the ability to sort of see that this relationship is something I had to work on um, and, and had to accept. And so that's how it all started. And and Karen, your wife, yeah. of forty years, you 40 said forty years this year. Yes, she's put up with you for forty years. Yes, sir. Well, actually, I met her fifty years ago, and you started dating when second grade or what? No, no, <laughs> I was fifteen. She was thirteen and a half when I first met her. They moved to our neighborhood. Uh, no dating for a while after that, but um, she's my childhood sweetheart. I would never imagine being with anyone else. She came to our house for dinner. And um, I tried so hard to impress her. It took 10 years to dig out from that night before she would marry me. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And so the first night didn't go well. But 10 years later, I convinced her. And then 40 years later, she's still here. She's still with you. Yes, sir. So um, she as well uh, had a faith background, but you guys didn't really know fully the Lord. That's right. And so to talk about how you, how you came to know the Lord and... You were baptized, and talk about that. Yeah, so uh, about six months after I started attending uh, church and, and uh, listening to Bob, um, I just, I there was a sermon that came across that, that showed a little video clip about the Indiana Jones movie where, where he walks across this chasm to go get the Holy Grail, mm -hmm. and he had to go step out in faith. And I'd been reading a lot to that point, trying you know, Case for Christ and things like that, trying to put it all together, and I'm, I'm a... I'm a doctor, scientist, and I want to like understand all aspects of it before I commit. Well, I understood in that moment that I'd never understand all the aspects of it, and I had to step out in faith like, like Indiana Jones did. And it just hit me, and it's like, okay, I got to get baptized. I see it now. 
and uh, gave and and Karen at the same time. She came along within a few months after that. Yes. Kind of fast forward, you're walking with the Lord. God's got you busy, active down at U of L, and just in in the hospital world and pediatric world. But it's not always going great. Yeah, there was a season uh, when I was uh, in charge of pediatrics where we had uh, some really difficult times that really stressed me. And I was in a place where I really felt uh, isolated, alone, and under tremendous stress day to day. It was like a war almost. And I got to the point where I know I was depressed in retrospect. But, you know, at the time you can drift into that and not quite know. And didn't take any medicine, didn't go see anybody, but... In retrospect, I had all the signs and symptoms of depression and burnout. And two things got me through it. Now, how, you, you had been there how long? Oh, at that point? In, in that job or yeah. at UofL? Well, at UofL and even in that oh, job. It had been 25 years at UofL and probably five years in that job. And, um, and, and knew it well, but un, uh, still, the pressure was, was intense. And two things got me through it. Um, the fact that I now knew God and had a relationship, um, and my wife, now of 40 years, then of like 34 years. But those are the two things that got me through that very difficult, probably four-year period of time. You, and um, What do you think would have happened had you not had the Lord? Boy, I hate to think of that, Kurt. Um, you know, what do most guys end up doing when they're under stress like that? Uh, they, they get get divorced. They get stupid really quick. Right. Yeah. You go buy something you shouldn't buy. You stop living with your wife. Um, you drink and you become an alcoholic or you do worse things than that. You get addicted to stuff just to numb the pain uh, that you're going through. I'm going to piggyback up on that because I want to hear what, there's some other things that you did that also helped you. We're going to take a break and come back. <clears throat> in the next couple of segments, we're going to talk about, he said, numb the pain. We've all come out of some form of pain in the past 18 months. How do we come out of this into the new normal? So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, LNN Credit Union. They're a local lender. Whether you have a commercial, personal, Checking, checking account, savings, you need it. LNN Credit Union can take care of you. Vision First Eye Care, they will take care of your eyes and you as a person. You're not just a set of eyeballs. You are a person at Vision First Eye Care. Frank Enterprises, if you have water outside your home not going where it's supposed to go, septic tanks, land drainage, landscaping, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. And then uh, we're in the studio today with Louisville Podcast Studios. That's podloo.com, P-O-D-L-O-U.com. If you want to do a professional-looking YouTube uh, or podcast show, man, Chip and his crew are the guys to talk to. So podloo.com. So, Jerry, you're in the middle. You've been here for uh, L teaching, doing all the stuff that you're doing, being a doc, and you're starting to burn out. At about the 25-year 20, mark-ish, yeah. That's right. Just past 25 years, uh, I started to have symptoms of burnout. Didn't know it at the time um, and hadn't read much about it. But in retrospect, I had the, uh, you, you get a depersonalization. So you, you just are blunted and stunt, stunted a little bit where you're just dull. Um, you're emotionally exhausted where, where you just got nothing left to give. You mentioned um, to me earlier today about you, you would just go, go home and sit in your closet and just... Well, first, I wouldn't remember the drive home because it's like the 2,000-yard stare for the, for the Army guy, and you just you sort of get home, and then I'd get to my closet, and I'd just sit there just trying to decompress from 
from the day and from the week. Things were just so stressful at that time. And um, it, it equates with burnout. And burnout's not unique to physicians. Anybody can get burned out. And there's been a lot of that, I think, this past year. So what did you do? You had the Lord and you had an awesome wife. Yes. I considered the normal things you might think of, like uh, I got to quit my job. I got to move. It'll be better somewhere else. I'll get out of this, you know, you know, conundrum that I'm in now. And, you know, spent six months sort of considering what the best option would be. Finally decided that I would take advantage of what the university offers. It's called a sabbatical where you could take six months uh, if you're a tenured professor and you can just go away. You got to get permission and what you're going to do, but you can get away. And I needed to get off the treadmill I was on. So I went away and visited several medical schools around the country that really set up the next phase of the life that I have now where what I'm doing now is really based on uh, the result of that sabbatical. And then after the sabbatical, you you were introduced to something. Yeah, um, the dean of the medical school invited me to go to a four-day workshop on mindfulness meditation. And if I could roll my eyes on radio, I'd roll my eyes on radio for it because that's my reaction at the first time I heard it. I did it out of respect for the dean, and, and I'll do whatever she asked me to do. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. But I went with a lot of skepticism about what I was going to learn. But God used all that. Apparently, because I got there, and I really enjoyed the four days I was there. It was first four days away, no cell phones, no pagers, no contact. You stayed in one place. The chefs cooked your food and everything. And you did meditation practice from morning till night. Now, 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 meditation, for our listeners, meditation, it, it is mentioned numerous times in the Bible. Yes. Um, but they weren't coming specifically f- with that perspective. No, this was done from a very secular perspective. It was, it was simply presented as a way to quiet your mind and to um, not engage with your thoughts. So you could, you know how we're flooded with thoughts and flooded with just thousand things a minute coming into your head. How do you sort of... Even though this stuff's coming in, how do you separate from that? How do you observe your thoughts uh, and don't engage them? Don't give energy to them and yet provide a quiet space for you. And, and so at the end of the four days after doing this, um, they were talking about this spirit and this presence that's powerful and all seeing and knowing. And so I sort of put my hand up and said, you know, it sounds a lot like God to me <laughs> because... <laughs> Because that's who I, as a Christian, that's who I see as this spirit overseeing, you know, entity that you're talking about. And um, then I said, we know well, this. By, by the way, when, when, when you <laughs> said that, what, what was their response? Now, the room was quiet, you know. I don't think they were expecting that um, from Jerry, the secular guy that they thought was there. And so I, I said, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that really fits what we've done for four days. And I didn't realize then it was at 46, Psalm 4610, but subsequently looked it up, but I knew it was there. And it's be still and know that I'm God. And for four days, we had been taught how to really be still. And it's something you can practice. It's something you can get better at with practice. It's not easy to do, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so although it was a secular thing that was explained to me, I came home and said, what do I do with this? And so the way I used it was to help me to pray. So how many times have you started to pray and nine seconds later, something intrudes quickly into your head and you're lost again. It's like you're thinking about uh, going to the grocery and you had to go to the well, doctor's office. for office. dinner. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and inevitably it intrudes. But what, what the mindfulness meditation does for me is it allows me to provide some space. It can separate for me 
from those thoughts. So I have room to listen. I have room to be quiet, to be still, to just be. And that's what mindfulness meditation does. It gets you to just be. You're not doing anything for anybody. You're not thinking through anything. You're not solving a problem. And in this crazy world that we're in now, crazier this past year, how much more do we need to just be, even for 10 minutes? Do we take that time to calm ourselves? Because for me, it's a bridge to prayer. Because within that space, then I can start to effectively pray for the people who are sick that I know, pray for colleagues at work, pray for my wife, pray for my kids, pray for myself, and then listen. And listen if there's something that comes back from what they were to call the Spirit, what I call God, comes back to me during that time. Because if we're not quiet, you can't hear. And that quietness is what is so important about this meditation thing. So I went from absolute skeptic four years ago to the, fa- to the point now that I teach, along with someone else at the university, mindfulness meditation to faculty at the Health Science Center. It's part of what we do in our faculty development efforts because everyone has been under such stress. And the beauty and the power of being still and knowing that he is God and coming in with a framework of, uh, you know, Chad, it, it sounds like um, it sounds like a desert day. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, being able to push pause on your thoughts, which I have heard people call it monkey brain. You know, it just keeps going on and on and on. So, which is funny when you hear him talk about that. It reminded me of 2 Corinthians 10, 5, where it says, take captive every thought, making it obedient to Christ. Whereas some people, meditation is emptying their minds. We're taking the thoughts captive and taking them to Jesus and say, I need you to take care of these thoughts or, you know, think through them. But so what he just described in his own, Jerry, in your own personal life kind of segues into the next, you know, 330 million of us in America and then around the world who are coming out of this uh, pandemic and this, this not being able to turn your mind off because we now have, before the pandemic, we had our problems. Now you add, do I wear a mask? Do I get vaccinated? Um, is this real? Is it not? And all of a sudden now you add into uh, racial unrest, uh, all kinds of problems popping up on top of everything we already had prior to it. So whether anybody thinks they're handling this well or not, they're being probably deceptive to themselves that they're coming out of this and they're not like they were 18 months ago. Well, and you know, it's really interesting that God led you, allowed you in, in a secular you know, university, in a secular situation to be taught a biblical truth and it, it, it's interesting, Luke 5, Jesus, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I, I, I mean, and the, the, the creator of the universe, the God-man, Jesus himself, needed to do these things. So in, your, in, the, in the midst of your burnout, in the midst of all of you know, your world, um, you were just following the practice of Jesus. I also think while you were talking about that, literally the Old Testament word meditation means, do you know what it means, Jerry? No. It means chew the cud. And, uh, you know, growing, growing up on a farm, uh, you, you will never see a cow chew the cud when she is on the go, when she's being pushed, when she's being driven. No, she's only going to be chewing when she's quiet. And you, you see this with deer, uh, the animals that chew the cud. And chew the cud literally means to, uh, you know, you, you take in the food goes to the first com- 
compartment of the stomach, and then they regurgitate and chew it again. And in, in, in essence, when we get quiet before the Lord and uh, pray, we're allowing the truth of God to just uh, be marinated throughout our heart and mind and our souls. And is that fair? Is that what happened? No, I think that is what happened. So we're going to take a break, come back, and uh, we're going to talk now more. Okay, Jerry's story is really a, a snapshot of many, many people. And in fact, if you're hearing my voice, there's probably a part of your life that isn't like you think it was 18 months ago that's different now. How do we now act in this new normal and come out of this? So we're going to take a break, come back shortly here and talk more about that on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank uh, some sponsors of our show. Now, if you f- hear us thinking, we, oh gosh, those guys sound really full. We sound full because we just had a great lunch from our one of our sponsors, Southern Smoke Catering. Chris Hadley brought us some pans of barbecue mac and cheese and fried bologna, too, by the way. Smoke bologna. No, yes. smoke bologna. Yeah. And, That's uh, for our dinner tonight. Yeah. And so Southern Smoke Catering, yeah, Brad's like, wait a minute, I'm not getting now, any. Now, we had an agreement that we would not mention the mac and cheese because I'm sure my wife is listening. Hey, that's on you. You got to go home with her. I uh, saw it, Brad. You only ate one bite. I think it was God, just I saw one it. Bite. God bless you, Kurt. <laughs> so we want to thank SouthernSmokeCatering.com. If you need a, a catering uh, organization, they are a catering-only uh, company, and uh, they have some of the best barbecue you're going to have, award-winning. SouthernSmokeCatering.com. We put some South in, in our, our mouth, mouth today. today. That's, <laughs> it. That's their tagline. Uh, we also want to thank Bright Star Home Care. If you have someone who you love who needs in-home care, whether it's 24-7 or just once a week, you need them to be loved on and, and helped. Bright Star Home Care can take care of you. That's BrightStarCare.com. Dan Hart Financial, if you need to talk about what a retirement looks like for you, what is the, the wisdom of your years coming up with all your finances, Dan Hart can do that for you as well. So, Brad, we, we haven't talked with you much the first two, but now we're, we're He's kicking, been eating mac and cheese kicking, the whole I know time. You, <laughs> it's going downhill quick. Brad, you mentioned uh, just how Jerry has been very successful, um, and, and you were tying it in. Talk to our listeners what you just mentioned in the break. Yeah, and let me try to put these into words. Um, you know, Dr. Rabelais, is a, is a dear friend of mine, somebody that I look to um, for advice and um, mentorship from time to time. And, you, you know, in in his positions in formal leadership as, as chair of the pediatrics department and as uh, the opportunity to, to lead some really big initiatives with the university, I think it would be really easy for us to pass by the watching someone like that and saying, no, they're good. Like they're operating just fine. Like, Everything is okay. You know, he's, he's in the meetings, he's doing what he needs to do, and yet he's going home and sitting in a closet. And I just wonder, like, how many, how many guys are listening today or how many, how many wives of husbands who they go home and sit in a closet or the equivalent of that, what that looks like. And I think there are two things that I take away from that. The first is we, I need to do a better job. Guys need to do a better job of reaching out and speaking words of encouragement and love and life and breath into the other men that are around them. And two, I have got to be willing to reach out to say, man, I could, I could use some help or I could, I need to step back for a minute or I just need an hour to decompress. Otherwise I'm being my closet. I mean, that's, that's an, it's an interesting analogy for where we are today. 
And I, and I think there's guys who are listening to this who are headed toward the closet or are already in, you know, they're, they're so they're so in a funk. They're, they're in such a bad way. And so we, we want to take the next couple segments here. We want to talk about hope. And we want to talk about, um, you know, what, what does the Bible say? And, and you as professors and who teach, you know, regularly um, in a secular environment, but, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about um, all, all of this. And, um, but Jerry, I, w- I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned um, in our conversation earlier today about scarcity and how that is so prevalent in our country. Yeah, we're, we're a country, obviously, it's the wealthiest nation in the world, and yet we have a lot of people who suffer from scarcity. And normally when we think of scarcity, we think of scarcity of resources. So I don't have enough money for food, rent, telephone bill, you know, whatever. But there can be scarcity of other things. There can be scarcity of respect, scarcity of affirmation, a a scarcity of hope, a a scarcity of safety. And and as Brad just recounted, you know, when you're in leadership, leadership can be a very lonely uh, position, can be very isolating because there's just some things you can't tell everybody or they'll, you know, run for the hills. The only two people who really knew what I was going through during those three or four years my wife and my assistant at work who could see the schedule and could see what it was doing to me all day long. She was just great. Some afternoons, you know, <laughs> schedule would just change. Two, two appointments just drop off. I said, what happened? Oh, they had to reschedule. Well, she called him and said, don't come today. He just don't come today. And she knew I needed a break. I needed to catch up. And so if you can have people like that around you, and as Brad pointed out, they spoke words of encouragement to me. They were the only ones who could because they're the only ones who really knew because they were the only ones I let know about what was really going on in me. And, you know, most of us, we keep things to ourselves. We're generally quiet. We don't talk things through with people, right, like, like some do. And I kept it to myself. And if you keep that kind of pressure inside of you, it just boils over. And, and, and that's when it comes out in bad ways. Yeah, we, we talk about this in, in the form of the capacity principle um, where uh, we understand this mechanically, right? Like uh, I, I tell a story about using a chainsaw and not putting oil in the chainsaw and the chainsaw starts to smoke. And and so I it, instead of like stopping, I just lean into it harder. Like if I just push harder on this chainsaw, it'll just cut faster for me. And what happens is it breaks, right? Mecha- mechanically, like we understand the principle, but when we apply that principle back to our life, we're not really good at it. How many times have we just pushed harder? Look, if I can just get through this week, if I can just get through these next couple meetings, and instead of pulling back and maintenancing, what happens is, and the red flag here is frustration and bitterness, where frustration bubbles up and it comes out of us emotionally. And it comes, oftentimes it gets unpacked at home uh, or it gets unpacked with colleagues in a meeting who have no idea what's happening around the table. Or when I come home and my wife is like, what happened today? And, and I sometimes, man, like you can't explain it. You don't have words because you've used all of your words for the day. You're out of words. And so, yeah, this, this idea of capacity, um, uh, emotional capacity, and then, and then workload capacity, it's, it's a real epidemic issue right now. Yeah, you know, I think of when you're describing this, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me go to quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
Brad and Jerry, talk with our listeners about what are some things that we can do as uh, listeners to personally be recharged and uh, come out of this funk? And then how, what, what can we do for others? I think that when you, when, you, when you look backwards at the past 15 months or so, no one could have predicted what was going to happen March of last year and how long it would last. And the uncertainty that came from that time, will I get back to work? Will I get another job? How will I pay the rent? Just everything was in turmoil. How's my kid going to do school from home? How, I don't have a computer. You know, the internet doesn't work well. Whatever it is, all of those things drive uncertainty. And when we're uncertain, our focus narrows and we get very limited bandwidth to do things, to make decisions and to, to dream and hope. And it becomes survival almost. And so what, what can you do right now? I think what you can do, if you haven't done it already this past year, is you can reach out to people. You can you can see them, and and Brad, you got to do the umbrella thing oh, after yeah. this. You got to see them, and and you you reach out in a way that does something for them because you benefit and they will benefit. Just checking in on them, just inviting them into a conversation or a text message back and forth. Even if you can't go visit, right? Because for a long time, what you couldn't even go visit your mother at the nursing home, and and yet somehow we had to survive all of that. So I think the inviting people in is a is an easy thing to do. Recognizing people that are in need, have your eyes open, be mindful of what's going on, and invite them in. Brad, here you go. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. So we we talk about the the umbrella idea is you get caught in a rainstorm. You have an umbrella, and I don't have an umbrella. Do you? You uh, extend uh, your umbrella you, to me, no, right? You're going you're gonna to extend the umbrella to me, right? Is I'm going to give it. I'm, I am. I'm going <laughs> to give it to you, right? But here's what I don't do. I don't judge you in the moment. I don't yell at you because you don't have an umbrella. You didn't. Why didn't you watch the weather today? Didn't you prepare? What's wrong with you? Why don't you have the resource you need? I've never seen anybody do that. What I see is somebody put their arm around another person, pull mm. them in close. And you know what happens? Sometimes my shoulder gets wet because I'm putting others first. I'm putting others before others' needs before my own needs. And and we pursue those people. There's a committed pursuit to that. Hey, hey, Kurt, 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 come, 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 come. I have an umbrella, brother. Come get under it with me. Mm. And that's when we I see you, I notice you, and I value you. And right now, man, there are people that need to hear those things. Wow. That's good stuff. So we're gonna come back and wrap up this whole coming out of a pandemic in eight more minutes. <laughs> Right, but I think you're get you're getting this. I think of a quote that I, I know is you have to come apart, or you're going to come apart. Meaning you have to purposely come apart. You're you're you're, you're quoting my old Vance Havner preacher quote, man. So if you don't come apart on your own, you're going to come apart on somebody else's terms. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break. Come back shortly and talk more about how can we come apart on a good way versus a bad way here on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors. Uh, Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Drs. Eric Veal and Leah Viola. They are professionals. They make your teeth look good, feel good, and they got two locations in the Louisville area. They are located in the Iroquois Park area and in East Louisville. Then there's the Southeast Outlook. They've been a publication that's been telling the story that God has been writing around the world for over 20 years, the Southeast Outlook. And Veritech Generator, if you need a generator for your home or business or you have a generator that needs to be maintenance, Veritech Generator can take care of you. Okay, so guys, let's uh, as we wrap up in this fourth segment, let's talk about um, bringing this home. How, how do we 
you know, there's the scarcity that leads to uncertainty, which, you know, um, which can limit our bandwidth of, you know, just in so many ways. Brad, talk to, talk, talk to our listeners about what you guys did yeah. um, as a family and what, what, what we can do. Well, you know, you know, scarcity brings worry. Right. So I'm worried now I'm occupied uh, emotionally and physically and socially and I don't have anything to give. And I remember back uh, in March 2020 when we shifted in my own family and I'm sure that my wife's listening. So she's going to keep me super honest here. You know, the the very first day I was pumped, dude. I got my wife and my daughter at home. This is going to be amazing. We get to eat lunch together. We get to eat dinner together. We get to go to bed together, wake up together. This is going to be awesome. Like, this is terrific. That lasted about one day. My wife teaches kindergarten. So she got a Chromebook. Here, figure out how to teach kindergarten online. Uh, my daughter's in the third grade. Hey, here's your Chromebook. Um, finish third grade on your own. Oh, by the way, daddy's upstairs working. And we don't have the internet in Oldham County, at least where I live. So we're working off a hotspot. Well, somebody gets on a meeting kicks the other two people off. Man, the yelling and the screaming sometimes, it was pandemonium some days. And then there were some days where Angie had to come upstairs and be like, are you going to stop working today? It's it's 8.30 at night. And I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. I've been in Zoom meetings and Teams meetings and things like that. And it, we had to come to a place where we had to go. We had to push pause. We had to go. That, all, right. the, all that excitement and energy of Dude. us coming together uh, evaporated quickly. It just, it did. Now, now. Uh, I, here's the other piece of that story. Um, they transitioned back as, as many folks know, teachers, uh, and, and kids, uh, transitioned back to school, particularly in Oldham County. Dude, the first day they were gone, dude, it's a lonely day. I, if I'm, if I'm being really honest with you, I was sad. Who am I going to drink my coffee with? Who, who am I going to watch cartoons with? I mean, that was our thing, right? Like that's what we did every day. And then, and that's, that's part of the problem in resetting right now is, is these resets are happening unexpectedly. So so what do you do with that? How do you navigate that as a family? How do you navigate that as a dad? How do you navigate that as a unit? And we we talked about it. We were open. We had to have some conversations. They weren't awkward or uncomfortable, but they were direct. Like, here's what I need. These are the kinds of things that I need right now. And And my daughter was involved in this conversation as well, and she's 10. But it was important to involve her in that as a part of the family unit. And here, here's what the, the research is saying right now is that people, man, they want to belong. And when we're yelling at each other and we're frustrated and we're at capacity and I don't have any emotion and I'm physically exhausted to the point where I just fall asleep on the couch every night and I'm not belonging, I'm just being, I'm just here. It's not about, it's not about being connected to anything. I'm, I'm probably more disconnected than I am connected, even though I'm in the same room with people that I love. And I love the idea of loneliness around this, right? You can literally be in a crowded room of thousands of people and be incredibly lonely because you're not connected. You don't belong. And right now, man, people need to belong. They want to feel like they belong someplace. So, so talk to us about how do we incorporate that kind of culture in our churches, in our communities, in our workplaces? How do we as men bring this belonging um, in, in, into our world? I think one way you can do it is to um, use the tools you got. So for a long time, we have not been able to physically go visit somebody that was sick, right? Because you might bring infection to them or you get it from them. But, but you can text them. 
You could call them on the phone. You could use these unfortunate virtual meetings we're in all the time. You could do one of those with them and actually see them. And so it's about connection, and that connection requires communication of some sort. So you have to be better at verbal communication. Brad, have you spent all day with your wife ever before this year? Like all day? No. All day. I, I've had to do that. Yeah. Everybody, a lot of people have had to yeah. do that. It's hard, right? She's got a little routine. I got a routine. It clashes sometimes. I thought you were. No, I thought you and who's getting the doorbell? I mean, it just keeps happening. Yeah. And so the communication is more important than ever. And for us, for guys, it, it is something that we don't do consistently well. And so being attentive to how we communicate internally with our families and with those that we know that need help and reaching out to them by whatever means you can. If it's a distance thing, call them. You can always text somebody. Just make a connection with them because that's what we've lost this past year is that human connection. The only thing I think I'd add to this is to not discount the little stuff. You know, reaching out or sending a text to somebody seems like such a small thing, but it means the world. To the person on the other end, text a prayer, text words of encouragement. Uh, one of the things that that I've tried to start to do with some some of the some of my guy friends in particular is just say, "Hey, man, I love you," because I think we need to hear love. Now, that dude, that's super small. Like that's not a big deal. That can get overlooked. It's huge. The, those things build over time for us. They work for us or they work against us. And it's about the things that are easy to do, but also easy not. It's easy not to send that text because we're busy. It's really easy to do. I think that's why I, I joke around, you know, with guys. It, five times in the Bible, it says, greet each other with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, what, well, what's the real meaning there? The, the, the heartbeat behind what Paul is saying is you need to love the guy next to you. Yeah. And, and, and in our culture, it's give, give each other a big bear hug and say, man, dude. Right. I'm with you, man. I'm for you. I want to just wrap up, and, and uh, Brad, I'm going to have you pray for us guys. But the book of Romans says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. That'll preach. Mm, that's preaching right there, man. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Jerry, Brad, thanks so much for coming in and uh, just sharing your hearts. Uh, Jerry, sharing your story. Um, Brad, would you pray for us, guys? Yeah. Would you pray for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we come to you so humbled. Um, such a place of desperate need, of thirst. For your living water right now god there are people who are listening to this who are driving in a car god would you um would you speak words of life into their heart would you speak words of joy would you give them encouragement the the kind of encouragement god that that only you can give there's a there's a dad who's listening to this right now who who is going through times with his family god he needs you so badly would you wrap your arms around him there's a husband uh who isn't sure to have how he's going to have a conversation with his wife or doesn't feel like he's enough. God, would you, would you show him that he is? Would you show him that he can be the kind of man that his family needs through you? God, would we be connected through you? Can we belong through you, Lord? God, we believe in your name and we're so humbled and so thankful and so honored to be able to come before you today. God, would you have favor and glory over the people who are listening to this podcast, Lord? And God, we ask these things in, in your name. Amen. Amen. 
you know, bringing hope in a world where it's, uh, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of needs, um, but God wants to use us for his glory. So listeners, thanks for listening in. And Chad, uh, wrap it up, brother. Yeah, I think we all can, no matter where you are on the spectrum, politically, culturally, socially, spiritually, you're not the same person you were 18 months ago. You're having to go through something. You've got more stress in your life. You did not think, if I told you the words COVID-19, mask and vaccinations two years ago, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Those aren't problems. Now they're on the forefront of people's mind. And we don't think that our thoughts don't drain us of energy. Like we only got so much space in our bucket up here. We think it's unlimited, but the more problems we have to, and I've been read, uh, read recently where it says, cons- uh, uh, consider pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. And the amount of trials that we're having right now is stacking on top of one another. So the joy is the fact that we know we're not by ourselves in these trials. And that God says, ask for wisdom and he will give it to you. So right now, be asking, what's the wisdom that you need in your physical? Jesus said, love the Lord God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We have a heart, we have a mind, we have a soul, we have a strength. And they're all probably pretty tired in some way. So go into your closet like Dr. Jerry did and start coming apart in a good way or you're going to come apart in a bad way. Sickness, health, relational you know, blowing up, but go to the one who knows what you're going through. And his name is Jesus Christ. We thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.